Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. All right, we are going to get started, open up in prayer, and we're good? Yep, all right. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes and our ears that we may receive from you. Lord, we ask that you would help all of us to see where you want us to grow, where you want us to mature and develop your character, to be more like you, to be able to understand the depth of your word, to move from the milk to the meat of what you're really trying to get into the hearts of each and every one of us. Father, we want to grow. I mean, we want to build the kingdom with the best of our ability, with excellence in the kingdom building. Father, help us. Help us tonight to receive from you, to hear from you, to grow, and to be a part of what you are doing. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, well, turn with me to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to talk about spirit life on spirit life. I know, right? It's a good one. So we're going to talk about it. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. All right, and I'm reading out the LSB translation, but uh, yours will probably be close to this as well. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In a life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So we are going to talk about your new life as a spirit person, because you live in a body, you are a spiritual being, and a lot of people, the, probably the number one question we get is, how do you live in the spirit? Like, how do you live... Uh, a spirit-filled life and so these spirit life teachings we've been trying to cover all types of topics but tonight I really want to go with you maybe to a deeper place than we have gone before uh, and so I just want to encourage you to uh, stick with it and follow through and if you have a Bible open it up read it with us so you're not just hearing me say it uh, but I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 6 and Paul is sitting here talking uh, we're gonna start about middle of his conversation so we're ahead of where I want to be, but I want to put this here before we go back. And that'll make sense in a minute. So in Galatians 6, verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. And this is connected to the verse above it, uh, about he who is instructing the word should share in the good things of he who instructs them. And it is about giving. And the concept is true throughout the Bible, right? We reap what we sow. God's not mocked. It's a very important process, a very, very, very important process in a Christian life to understand and to get down and to really live this. Because each one of us will bear his own load. So when you stand before God, and then we preach, you know, and you stand before God in heaven. But what's important is to right now you're standing. Like right now you're standing before God. It's not just when you get to heaven. It's right now. Every day of your life, if you're a born-again Christian, you, you know, signed up into the kingdom of God and God's expecting you because you signed up you know he didn't make you you signed up you want to serve him he's expecting you to do your part and he wants to teach us that you know he's not deceived you know we're not supposed to be deceived God's never deceived we're not supposed to be deceived he's not mocked we, you know we're not supposed to mock God and whatever we're sowing we will reap so what does this mean before we go to the next verse well, it means that God in my words God is not dumb right he understands what we're doing. So we can say one thing, but what we're sowing is what we're going to reap. 
it doesn't so much matter what we tell other people. It's what we're actually doing. And what I mean by that is God's looking at your heart in all of us. He's looking at your heart. Like he knows your real motives, your real desires for what you're doing. And we can't mock him. We can't trick him, deceive him. Like God is not dumb. I know there's a better way of saying that. But for how I am and how I talk, God is not dumb. He knows what's going on. And so he knows if our actions are only for a motive of so-and-so or whatever. He, he knows what we're doing. We can't mock God. And he's, he knows. And I say, well, you say it a hundred times. I know I really want you to get this before we move on. God knows. And each one of us will answer for what we're doing. We won't be able to bring anyone else into it. Not just in heaven, but I mean right now. Right now on this planet, right now in your life, you are reaping right now, right? So listen, when a man sows, he will reap. We are reaping right now what we have sown or what we have planted a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And we're going to continue. And I know you heard if you plant good seed, you get a good harvest. And so this is a spiritual system here, but it's also true in the natural. But tonight, we're going to talk about the spiritual side of it. And if you go to verse 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh, from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so we know if we're, if we're about the flesh, the flesh doesn't live forever. It dies off and we go home to be with the Lord. So we don't want to sow into the flesh because there's no hope in the flesh. The flesh is the same ending result for all of us. It's not God's mad you. It's not a curse. It's a fact of humanity. They don't live forever. We get new bodies. We go to heaven. So we want to sow into the Spirit. And that's the question. What is sowing into the spirit? Because we need to know what that is. Because again, God's not mocked. We can't you know, deceive God. We shouldn't be deceived. In other words, we shouldn't have this idea at all that God can be mocked because he can't be mocked. And whatever I'm sowing, whatever Jason is sowing, Jason is going to reap. It doesn't matter what you do. I want you to understand this part too. It doesn't matter what anyone around you is doing. I'm not reaping what another person is doing. I'm reaping what I'm sowing. And you're not going to reap what I'm sowing on a personal level. Now, in ministry, if you're sowing into people's life, they will reap the reward of that sowing. Yes, absolutely. But this is about personal. So what I'm sowing in my life, I personally will reap. And even my wife, what she's sowing in her life spiritually, she will reap. And I know we're one, and there is a part of that where we're not going to get in tonight, but there's a part where that connection happens. But there's also an individuality where we all stand before God and we all answer now before God because I have a different call than my wife has. She has her call. I have a call. My daughter has a call. My son. And so do you. We all have our different calls. And we, we sow into that and we reap from that. God is not mocked. So what is the spirit realm, the spiritual life that we should live? And so we need to go back a chapter. So I said we're going to head them back. But we need to go back to chapter 5. And Paul makes it very clear in verse 16, 516, Galatians 516, I say, Paul says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And what he's saying is, if you actually start living by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, but why? So go back to Galatians 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Paul's saying it's, it's no longer my life anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So we're still in the body, but we live it out of faith in Jesus. We're living it out of faith. We're living it out of, you know, this understanding that, yes, we're still in the same body, but we're a new creation. We're born again. Christ lives in us. And so now I'm going to start to learn to live a spirit 
spirit-filled life, like a, a spiritual person instead of a flesh person. So back to chapter 5, verse 16. Walk in the spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Right? For the flesh sets his desires against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so you do not do the things that you want. So there is a war. There, there is a war in your spirit and your flesh. There, everyone has it. No one's exempt. What we see people that are victorious in it are those who have learned to crucify their flesh. In other words, we, we live out of the spirit, not out of the flesh. We push the desires of the flesh down. And how do we do that? Well, we build our spirit, man. We're going to get in that in a couple of weeks. But we build ourselves on the inner spirit and we strengthen ourselves to our desires are the things of God, not the flesh. Now, I'm going to trans, uh, translate here, or translate. I'm going to switch to a different translation of the same verse, uh, the same passages here we're going to read. I'm going to go to NLT. It's just a little bit easier to understand these next couple of verses coming up. In Galatians 5, 18, But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under any obligation to the law of Moses, because we live under law of the Spirit. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, verse 19, the results are very clear. Now, I want you to think about this. And I'm saying it's a little bit deeper tonight, but you, not me, me for me, you for you. You can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. I need you tonight to really take the time after this is over. Uh, we close this up and you have some time tonight. Pray, sit down, and read these verses. Read them out loud. Do it in a safe, quiet place, but read them out loud so your ears can hear you say them. And ask the Lord if there's an area in your life where these things have power over you still, where these things are a desire of yours. Okay, now listen to this list. When you follow desires of your sinful nature, results are very clear. And I want to add a side note on in purpose here. They're very clear. What are we saying in a, in a blunt way? You're not, you're not tricking anyone. You're not hiding it from anyone. We can see it. Now, most people don't love people enough to say this to them. They won't come up and say, hey, I see what you're doing or I can tell what you're doing because we don't think it's love. We think it's being judgmental or hurtful. But if you're a born-again Christian and you have someone in your life, if you go to a church, you have a pastor, if you have an apostle, a prophet, evangelist in your life, a teacher, their job is to point this stuff out. It's not from being mean. It's very clear. It's very clear you have desires in you of a sinful nature. And we need to get this stuff worked on, right? We need to get this out. I know right now deliverance is really big in this nation and people are all excited about it and there's a place for deliverance but there's also a place for us you know to really take a personal inventory discipline ourselves and overcome these desires and if they are demonic in nature yes absolutely we want to get deliverance but if you're born again you can't be possessed by a demon you can be influenced but you can't be possessed if these things are in your heart we have a spirit problem in other words we have a living a life after a spirit problem not so much a deliverance need a demon to come out of us we need the spirit of the lord to come on us in us more more understanding right so sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these let me tell you again as i have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Strong language. It's, it's strong. It's very blunt to the point saying, hey, if you're living like this, and these are the desires of your heart, the desires of your sinful nature, and you're following them, this is what happens. Now, I've looked at my life many times over the years of being in ministry, and I've found areas 
on this list where I know that I need to work on some things that aren't on this list. And that's how I keep uh, a good rudder of the ship, right? Like a good direction of it, of where I need to go and work on with God and build myself. So if you're struggling with these, it doesn't mean that you're out of it. It just means that you're struggling and you want to get yourself built up and overcome these. And you want to start living in the spirit, not out of these things. Now, if this is your actual desire every day and you're doing these and it's intentional and this is what all you want to do, you know, we've got to sit back and say, Lord, what's going on in me? What is going on in me that your word's not taking root, that your transformation is not happening in me, that your love isn't breaking off these desires? And we want to keep reading. Uh, so I'm going to, well, you know what? We're just going to stay in the NLT for now. In verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. And this isn't something that you should do. Well, let me explain. You shouldn't say all of a sudden tomorrow I'm going to be peace or joy or love. Because if I do that, it proves I have the Holy Spirit. No, you should wake up one day and say, all of a sudden, I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have kindness. I have goodness. And you say, well, where is it coming from? In other words, that evidence should start manifesting. It's not something you should have to do. It is the evidence of what's in you. I've never met anyone who says, I really try my hardest to go be impure or have lustful pleasures or uh, go be a drunkard or it usually is a desire that pulls you to it our effort is to stop it not make it happen so if you're trying to make yourself believe that you're something by saying well i'm going to make sure tomorrow i love everyone no that's not how it works it should be coming out of you it should be pouring out of you right but the holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life love joy peace patience goodness kindness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against these things there's no law you can't get in trouble for them those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there right since we are living by the spirit let's follow the spirit's leading in every part of our life we've got to learn to follow the holy spirit it doesn't matter how biblically smart somebody thinks they are. Like they can quote every Bible verse or they know every translation or I don't know, all the different things people brag about. If you don't have the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life, those things are empty to you. And Paul says, I can know all things and speak in tongues and pray and all this stuff, but I have not love. I have nothing. I'm like a, a, a symbol just banging in the wind, right? Like I have nothing. And why is it so important? Because the very first thing that happens in all of our life is love. Now I know there's really, I don't know how to say it nicely, there's a lot of really uh, impressive teachings on deliverance and warring and power and God being all this. You know, at the heart of it all, though, is love. At the heart of every gift, every sign, every wonder, every miracle, everything that's ever happened is love. For God so loved the world. That's why Jesus is here. The only reason we have all these gifts is because Jesus came. And Jesus came because for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, John three sixteen. Most of you have learned this from Sunday school your whole life. The whole, everything that we do, the beginning, the center of it is out of love because the Father's love sent the Son to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and bring us into the light, the power of Jesus Christ, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and to operate out of these things. There should be a joy in your life, a peace in your life, a patience, a kindness, a goodness, a gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There, these things should be just coming out of you. I'm not saying you're never going to you know, lose your temper, but it, it should be hard to do. I'm not saying you're always going to be patient, but you shouldn't be impatient you know, and snap on a dime. You should have joy and love. You should love yourself. You should love people. You should 
you know, have joy. Even in bad things, you should have joy. These are characteristics of the Holy Spirit being in you. Even if you're in deliverance ministry and you love talking about the power of God doing deliverance and you love, uh, you know, the manifestation of the working of miracles or prophecy or healing, all these things that we talk about, your, your motivation, like the, the fuel that keeps you going in that should be love. The whole point you're doing it should be love because that's what we operate out of. And that's why we say, you know, we shouldn't be deceived. We can't mock God. We can do all these things, but we're going to reap why we're doing them. Jesus said, you know, depart from me. I didn't know you, right? And they were saying, well, didn't we cast out demons, heal the sick? He said, yeah, I don't know you. You who work lawlessness. All this stuff we do, if our hearts isn't right with God, every video you watch, every teaching on deliverance, every prophetic word, all this stuff, it isn't going to matter and hold up to the court of heaven. There's not a court of heaven, but you know what I mean? Like the court of heaven, when you stand there, it's not going to matter if you don't have love, if you don't have the reason you're supposed to be doing this. God's not mocked. We can't just say, well, I did all this stuff. I, sh I should be reaping it. And that's the part I want to talk to you about is some of us are doing all this stuff, but what you're reaping in your life does not look anything like what we should be reaping. You don't have peace in your life. You don't have uh, clarity in your life. You don't have understanding in your life. Your, your families and things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. And things just, frankly, it's not coming together. Relationships and you know all these different things. You say, why not? Like I don't understand why... It seems so hard. Well, it's hard when you're trying to live opposed to what you've been sowing and you're resisting when the reap comes, you know, the reaping into what you've sown comes into your life. And you say, I, I'm, I'm resisting it. I know. But if you're planning it, it's a biblical fact. It's a whether you believe or not. In other words, it's a truth that we will all reap. We're all harvest. What we sow. If you put corn in the ground, it's going to grow corn. It will not grow a strawberry. If you put, you know, uh, to potato in the ground, you have a potato, you know how this works. So it doesn't matter if you tell everyone, I'm planting a strawberry and you put a thorn seed in the ground, a thorn's going to grow. It, it doesn't matter what you call it, the truth of it is what it is, regardless of what you want it to be. Are you following me? This is where we can't mock God. What we plant is what we receive. And if we're living a life by the Spirit, one of the things that should be evident in your life and you should really be checking is, am I growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Am I growing in this? Am I understanding more of it? And is my motivation changing? Is it going from, you know, these, I don't know, new things that we have out there, these exciting ministries, but by the way, they're not new to the Lord's been doing it forever, but new to us maybe. But what is your motive? You know, are you just happy to see someone get delivered? Because then people can say, look, you have a deliverance ministry. Or do you really care about the person being delivered? And if you really care about that person being delivered, you know, you would start with caring about yourself and making sure that you are a person that you would want to be the face of someone, you know, staying or being ministered or being delivered. You would, you would, you would want that. It would be important to you for someone to look you in the eye when you're praying for them and see not just a, you're a number or, you know, this is my duty. I'm in ministry. You'd want to see they actually care about you, that they they have compassion, that they know the Lord, that they're doing this out of the right place. And so when we teach on these things, a lot of people hear them, but they discount them because, again, the exciting things, deliverance and war and pray real loud and get loud in tongues and do all that, you know. And, yeah, there's there's a time and place for that. But even all of that has to come out of a place of living by the Spirit 
and having these manifestations in your life of the fruit of spirit to know that what you are going to reap now, the right now in your life, is because you're sowing into the spirit. And yes, your flesh is going to get in the way. Your flesh is going to give you a hard time every time. It gives everyone a hard time. But you're going to have to learn to crucify it. And you can't bring anyone else into it. You can't blame anyone. And I'm not saying what I'm about to say as it's okay. I'm not giving permission to people that have done horrible things. They're just, unfortunately, some mean people on this planet, and they've done some mean things. But we can't live our whole life saying they didn't treat me right, or they didn't respond right, or they didn't. But they also didn't go to your hand and take what you were planting in the ground and change it. They, in other words, they didn't go in your heart and change what you want to plant. That's on you and I to do. We have to make that decision. Even though I've been through horrible things, even though you know maybe the most horrific things have happened to me in my life, I'm going to choose to plant real fruit. I'm going to choose to not have to reap a life of being a certain way because of an event or events or whatever the case may be. You know, there there comes where I say to people the value of your life, the value of you being alive now, you know, 2023, the reason you're here. If we're looking for excuses and to blame and I mean they're everywhere. I'm literally they're everywhere and if you hold a mirror up that's probably the best place to start, but that's not going to give you the reaping of sowing that you want until you change what you're sowing, until you change your mindset, until you start focusing on the things of God, the, the spiritual realm and the, and the life that is directed by the Holy Spirit. Until you start doing that, you, you know, you can call a thorn, and I've done it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm innocent of these things. I've, I've taken a thorn seed and put it in the ground and believed it was going to make a strawberry, and it didn't. It made a thorn. And I was mad at the ground and mad at everyone because it keeps making thorns. Well, it took a lot of maturity and finally hearing people who love me to finally let it sink into my head. I'm, I must be planting thorns, even though I'm calling them something else. I, I must be just not getting over whatever it is because I don't have love and I don't have joy and I don't have peace and forgiveness. And like, I don't have these things. What I do have is desires I shouldn't have and urges I shouldn't have and anger I shouldn't have and you know bitterness and all these things and and where why do i have them if i'm a born again christian easy conversation not at all no one likes having them i didn't like having them but there's also a part of me that is very black and white in other words if the bible says it and it's not happening i want to know why and and don't hear this the wrong way but i really don't care if it's working for everyone else or why it wasn't working i was worried about me in my life i was in my 20s i want to know why is it not working I went through things in my 30s and I went through things in my 40s. And I'm sure in my 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s or however long I'm here till the Lord takes me home, I'll have these moments where I'll say, why? What is, what is going on? How come these things keep coming? And you'll have that moment. It'll just If you let the Holy Spirit, like a, that light bulb. I know it's not a light bulb, but like the Holy Spirit moment where it'll, it'll just make sense. Like, man, I must be planning these things that keep coming. I need to change the way I'm planting. So I want to give you a couple examples of that uh, before we sign off here, okay? Uh, and so the easy one is money because we all hear the teachings on money. We've probably heard them over and over and over. But if you're constantly broke, you got to change the way you're planting. And not I'm not going to talk to you about uh, finance and all that. I mean this mindset. Maybe we have a spending problem that we don't notice. We're spending more than we're making. Or maybe... We don't understand God's principles and we're not sowing at all. And so there is no harvest because we're not planting anything. And if you sow uh, nothing, you end up with nothing, right? So 
you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at the one for finances. And maybe it's attitude. Maybe it's every situation ends the same way. Uh, but maybe you're starting them that way. Maybe you're planting, you know, already off the bat. And I'll, listen, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in my 20s. I'd meet someone and I'd say, well, this is going to end badly or it's going to end goodly. And they would say, what do you mean, goodly? Well, yeah, that's not even a word. It would end good. I would say, well, this relationship, when it ends. And they'd say, why would you say when it ends? Because all my relationships ended. I didn't know how to have a relationship. I kept blaming people and the Lord showed me, you're not planting relationship. And I'm so blessed. I have people in my life for 20, 30 years, ministers I've known for decades. And, and since that time when I, I made some changes in my life, I have very, very long lasting, very fruitful, strong relationships. I'm a blessed man. But I, and I came from learning how to plan it. I, I didn't just happen. Same with friends. It was hard for me to have friends uh, and I didn't know why. And so I would blame everybody because this is what we do in the flesh, right? We blame God doesn't give us enough money. The job doesn't pay us enough. I don't have enough friends. I don't have relationships. I don't have a good church. I don't have this and that. But what are we, what are we planting? Like, what are we putting into it? Like, are we planting love and forgiveness and kindness and a fruit of spirit? You will. I'm telling you, you will have a great relationship, great friends, great church experience. You'll have great everything. But if you're playing desires of the flesh, hostility, jealousy, outbursts of anger, you're not going to have the fruit that you're looking for in your life. You know, with our children, if your children are not turning out the way you want, yes, I mean, there's always a possibility it is someone else's fault, but nine out of 10 times, it's our fault. Not that there's a bad kid. There's, listen, don't take this the wrong way. There's bad parenting. And I was a horrible parent when I was 18. I had no idea what I was doing. Thank the Lord, he put some strong men and women in my life and I turned... Uh, you know, the course of my life and my kids start producing better fruit because I was planting, sown into it, the gifts of the spirit, not anger and selfish ambition and these things that are very evident of the flesh. And I can go on and on and on about the list and the outcome, but I don't need to. What shows this better than anything is where you currently are tonight listening to this. Where are you in your prayer life? Where are you in your spiritual understanding life? Where are you in your anointing? Where are you in relationships? Where are you in friendships? Where are you financially? Where are you in the condition of your church? Where are you uh, in the condition of your family life, your children, your relationship, your spouse? Look at your life. Look at where you are right now and what you are um, harvesting right now, like what you're reaping right now in these areas. And I can tell you by what you're reaping, what you've planted. And it doesn't take a master uh, degree of anything to do that because we can walk out into a field and look at a tree when it has an apple on it, everyone can say, you plant an apple tree, right? And you see a pear, it's, you know, I'm not gonna go through a whole list, but you know what I mean, a strawberry on it, it's very easy. And so when you look at someone's life, the fruit of it, you can say to yourself, it's very easy. It's very easy to see what they're planting. Now, yes, I know what some of you are gonna say, well, the enemy, you know, can throw things into it and, and come attack, absolutely. But an apple tree is an apple tree. Though even the enemy does whatever he wants, an apple tree still is an apple tree. You might have a worm in an apple or two if the enemy's trying to come after you, but it's still an apple. It should never be, uh, you know, an apple tree is producing a bitter, horrible fruit that doesn't exist. You'll say, well, that doesn't make any sense, the enemy. No, he doesn't have the power to do that. He can't change your reaping what you've sown. He doesn't have the power to change what you've sown. You know what I mean? When you put that out there spiritually into the spiritual earth, the ground, he can't change what it's going to produce. The Bible says 
we can judge and look at each other by our fruit. A good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree, bad fruit. The enemy can't make a good tree bad. Only we can plant bad things that make the bad trees. He can't do that. So don't let someone tell you that he's changed what you planted. No, that power is God and God's alone because this is a biblical principle. And biblical principles, truth from God, cannot be interfered with by the enemy. You got to remember that. They can, you know, he can put thorns around your tree, put grass around your tree, maybe throw a worm in your apple, but he can't break the laws of God. He's stuck in the parameters that God has given him and he's not allowed to change them. He can't. No one has the power to undo what God has said to be truth. Remember that your whole life. God said that you are his temple, that he lives in you, you are his house. Then that is the truth. The enemy can't come and live in your house. Not at the same time. There's so a lot of stuff that we wrestle with in Scripture because I think we have this idea that there's a, an option. But what God has said as truth, there's no option to it. These are the words of, of Jesus. These are the words of God coming through a servant, right? Coming through Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know that all Scripture is from God. And he says, do not mock God for what a man sows he will reap. That is a truth. Enemy can't change that. So look at your life tonight. I'm not trying to depress you or make you sad, but trying to help you grow. It may not seem that way, but I'm trying to help you grow. And the only way we can grow in a spiritual life is to really look at our life of where we are not as fruitful as we want to be. And the second thing I want you to do tonight, and this one might be harder than the first one, is I want you to be honest with yourself. All right? Don't pick up a briar bush and say you're holding an apple or say you're holding a strawberry or a grape. No, if you pick up a briar bush, admit you're picking up a briar bush. Don't try to call it what it's not, it, you know, because that's not going to help you grow. It's not going to help you mature. Uh, it's going to make you believe you're something you're not. And I, I don't want that for you because that's even a worse deception than reaping what you've sown because you'll, you'll blame what's coming out of the ground. You'll just, you'll get weird. You'll start blaming everything except for the reality that you are deceived. You are calling a briar bush a strawberry. When nobody wants to take it from you, you'll get mad at everyone and say, I don't know why you don't want to take this because nobody wants a briar bush. But believing something to be true outside of scripture is not faith. Believing something to be true outside of scripture is deception. It is a lie. That's what the enemy tried and was successful with to a degree with Eve. God never said that about the tree. You can eat the tree. You'll be like us. And what happened? Look at the fruit of her life. The fruit of her life was I'm in a garden. Now the fruit of my life is I'm out of the garden. You reap what you sow. And that's true for all of us. And so really evaluate your life. And I'm not telling you to do this to put all over Facebook or make a comment or say, oh man, you know, judge other people. No, no, no. I'm just telling you for you yourself, if you are serious about growing, if you're serious about developing your gifts, about developing a real strong prophetic gift or healing gift, uh, or if God's given you signs and wonders or miracles or teaching, whatever it is, these things will be the biggest hindrance to your flowing and that anointing out of anything that you could probably do, being deceived in believing something true that is not true, not biblical, is probably the biggest hindrance that I have found stops the flow of the anointing in our life. Because God is truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. He will lead you in all truth. Truth is what allows him to operate. When we can hear his truth, we can understand his truth. I feel like I'm getting into a different teaching. I don't want to. Uh, but it's important to really be honest with yourself if you want to grow. Now, you say, well, you know, 
how do I know you know? And, and you don't need to ask someone. If you need to ask someone, you already know. Is it an easy thing to hear tonight? No, not at all. That's why I said it was going to be a little deeper than before. Uh, is it something that's needed and important? Yes, it is so important. Again, your entire gifting, your anointing, your entire kingdom building is going to be the results of your decisions of how you handle what God's called you to do, what he has said for you to do. I think last week we talked about cutting your hair, Samson, all that. You know, this is a big part of it. This is a big part. We need to understand that all of us living here now reap what we sow and all of us in heaven reap what we sow. And that process is is God's design. I didn't make it. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at people who preach it. God's design. And if you look at your life, you look at your fruit and you say, ah, it doesn't match. There's one way. And then look at your life and make sure that the fruit you say you have is actual fruit. Not a deception that you're believing, but actual real fruit. Now, I want to end, but I'll tell you this. How do you know if a strawberry is really a strawberry? Well, look around. Because people eating it will be smiling. If it's a briar bush, look around. There won't be anyone there eating it. I know. Simple, but deep. Think about it a couple more times. It'll register. I want to pray with you. This is something deep. We need to really pursue it. Listen to it a couple times. It will change your life. It is absolutely needed to be uh, successful in ministry. It's absolutely needed to flow in the anointing God's given you. And it doesn't matter if you want to be uh, uh, prophetic, if you have a healing gift in your life, or you want to do deliverance or signs and wonders or teaching, preaching, whatever it is, until we grasp that this is where we start reaping and sowing, looking at our life, do we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit? This is where we start. All things you do, will come out of what's in you. Remember that. Everything you do. So if you're you're living out of flesh, you will minister out of flesh. You will prophesy out of flesh. You will try to do healing out of flesh, deliverance out of flesh. You will operate out of flesh. If you're living in spirit, then you will do all the things you're doing for God out of the flowing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of the fruit of the Spirit, which there is no law. Remember that. Because that is really important when we move into the part of you know, doing the, the building and the teaching to actually the, the laying hands on doing the ministry part. Because that's serious stuff. And that's eternal work. That's stuff that, you know, people are going to remember and it changes the course of people's lives. So you want to make sure that you really understand where you're ministering out of. So take those two things tonight. Look at the list on there. Pray about it. Some are quiet, but peace will let your ears hear your prayer. Asking God about that list. Look in your life for the fruits of the Spirit. See if you have them. And then really ask yourself, okay, now that I, I believe I have them, but do I actually have them? And you should have someone in your life that you trust. Someone in your life, a minister, a pastor, apostle, prophet, someone in your life you trust, and you will call them and talk to them about it. And if you don't have someone in your life that you trust, that you can have that kind of intimate relationship, that you can have that kind of conversation with, that is also the evidence of what you've sown. So remember, it all works together. Uh, I don't want to depress your, or, you know, I, I do want to challenge you, and I want to speak right into you tonight and try to get you to see this and get your eyes open and so that we may be victorious moving forward, live a real spirit life, uh, and finish this race strong, right? Finish it for God without a lot of hiccups, without mess-ups, and really finish the race. Stand before God someday and hear, well done, but also hear while you're living. Have a good life. Have peace. Enjoy the things that really matter in life, friends and all this stuff 
we want to make sure we're effective in every arena that God's called us, even in just this part of being able to receive and grow and mature together. It's important. We want to make sure we even develop how to receive, hear things, respond to them without getting mad or upset, and take it to the Lord. If it applies to you, hey, you know, repent, change it, get moving. If it doesn't, thank the Lord for a great teaching. Develop it stronger in you. Let it encourage you to keep moving forward. Let it stir the fire in you. It might be a little bit dormant and keep pressing in. Either way, the word of the Lord is always encouraging and forever changing our life and needed. Amen. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask that you would let this word develop deep roots within us, that we would look at our life and see what we are uh, reaping. What have we sown? Lord, what have we sown? Let us know tonight that we can be the product of living that Holy Spirit-filled, gifts of the Spirit, reaping what we've sown in your kingdom, of what we are intentionally trying to actually sow. Open our eyes to deception, that we may not be blind to things that we think we're doing that we're not doing. Surround us by people who will tell us the truth. Let the ears of those who hear our hearts have the boldness to stand up and say something to us in love, that we may continue to grow, that we may continue advancing the kingdom, we may continue moving forward, never giving up, finishing the race stronger than we started, being full of courage and boldness and anointing and power, that, Lord, we may stand before you and hear, well done. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries, School of the Prophets starts 1010. Go right to pffministries.org. Everything you need to know is right there. If you're on Facebook, like, share, comment, YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Uh, I will be in Windsor this Friday, 68 West Main Street, uh, and Pastor Mike Smith will be preaching at Victory Global Church. You can find information on that on our website as well. Uh, and for those of you who are helping us with our fundraiser, raising the money to pay off our mortgage, go right to our website, click on that donate page. Thank you for those who are helping. We're still believing, and we're going to keep believing uh, that God's going to pay off this mortgage. Uh, and, you know, it is such a blessing for us to get uh, that established place there as we keep building other Victory Globals. Thank you for your prayer support, your financial support. And as always, you know, God bless you, and we send our blessings with you in the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at pffministries.org. God bless.